Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. In issues of racism, there are going to be some who will say, why don't you stick to preaching gospel? The social, political, and economic concerns have increasingly encroached upon the minds of those who should know better. The real transformative work in a nation is the transformative work of the gospel. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Broadcasting live from the land of 10. It's actually 12 or 13,000 lakes of Minnesota. Hold on. We interrupt this broadcast for the Islamic call to prayer. You say, why is that interrupting uh, this here wretched radio broadcast? And the answer can be found from the Minneapolis City Council, the city of lakes. It's a loverly town uh, recently changing the former law, which stated the Islamic call to prayer cannot happen between the hours of 10 p.m. 7 a.m. Kind of a common courtesy sort of affair. But now the city council unanimously without any dissenting voices from the community have now proclaimed and it will likely be signed by the mayor that the Islamic call to prayer can happen anytime, day or night. And chances are pretty good as a Christian. This bums you out. And I think it should, but maybe, just maybe, not for the same reason, if we are disturbed because we think that this isn't constitutional, while I'm not a constitutional scholar, it seems to me that if we do allow public church bells as a call to worship, I don't know how we can prohibit any other religion from making public noise, as perhaps unpleasant as we might find it to be. I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. You and I, as Christians, no doubt hear about this legislation. And in Minneapolis, you'll be hearing the Islamic call to prayer very soon, perhaps even in the middle of the night. We mourn something, but I don't think it's constitutional fidelity. I think it is fidelity itself. (laughs) The nation has changed religiously. So the question now is, what do we do about it? If, If we find something that's a big fat bummer about the Islamic call to prayer taking place, public speakers in a major metropolitan area, which means it won't be long before it comes to your town, whether it's a major city or a rural community, what do we do? Pure research giving us a little bit of a glimpse into the past, present, and future. What does the religious makeup of America look like? And the answer is, uh-oh. <laughs> Christianity is absolutely, positively Shrinking. Now, you and I both know that those who are truly born again, that number has been constant because those God saves, he keeps. Nobody can change that. Ain't nobody, not know how. But we see that Christianity, just the, the culture of Christianity, it is abating as the number of people who once said, yeah, I kind of stick to that, that creed of Christianity. It's shriveling. And Pew decided to do a little bit of forecasting. Where will we be in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? And the answer is, it depends on you and me 
and Jimmy, which makes this a horrifying proposition. But it depends on us. What do we do to see the church bells ringing and hear less of this singing? He can hold his notes. Got to give him props for that. Let's take a look at the numbers. According to Pew, the center estimates in 2020, 64% of Americans were Christian. That's 2020. People who are religiously unaffiliated, these are the nuns, not N-U-N-S's, but the N-O-N-E-S's, accounted for 30% of the population. Whoa. Adherents of all other religions, including Jews, Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists, totaled about 6%. The question is, where's the future going? I will give you the opportunity to make that decision for yourself. They have concocted four future scenarios of the influence of Christianity and culture. They then determine which one of these scenarios is most likely. So, Jimmy, you're going to have to keep notes on this. Four scenarios. Where do we go from here? Scenario one, steady switching. If we continue to see people just dropping out of Christianity, identifying as nothing, dipping below 50% by 2060 will be the Christian faith. There's something grievous about that, isn't there? Now, I grant you, it is tragic that Western civilization built on so many biblical principles and ideals. Losing that, that's just bad for humanity. But there's a worse bad in here. And that is people aren't getting to know Jesus Christ. They aren't getting to worship the one who is so good, who is so merciful, genuinely, and so kind that he died to save sinners. In 2070, if we keep seeing the steady switching, 46% of Americans would identify as Christian. That means we're just a plurality, not a majority. Nuns would climb to about 41% by 2070. This has massive cultural implications. This society is changing. Aren't aren't we seeing that, my Bud Light drinking friends? But more than that, this should grieve us, and it should cause us to say, what do we do about this? Which is the question du jour. That was scenario number one. Steady switching. We're just a plurality, not a majority. Here's scenario two. Rising dissatisfaction, or disaffiliation rather, with limits. If that is the case, if the place of switching before the age of 30 were to speed up initially but then hold steady, Christians would lose their majority status by 2050. Then they would be 47% of the population versus 42% of the unaffiliated. Wow. In 2070, nuns would constitute a plurality of people on on this particular What is it called? Not hemisphere, continent. That's the word I'm looking for. 48%, 48% and Christians would be 39% of the population. Whoa. That's scenario number two, rising disaffiliation, but it kind of steadies. Number three, rising disaffiliation without limits. Nuns would become the majority by 2070. People who do not believe in God would be the majority. Hmm. Do you think that there might be any hope of making America great again, if that's the case? And the answer is 
not a chance. Scenario number four, no switching. Christians would remain the majority through 2070. Uh, Jimmy, the question is, which one of these scenarios is most likely? That's a tough question. You're I, right. Number two. Well done. <laughs> that's, that's where I was actually going to say. You know, time is money. <laughs> Sorry. Got to <laughs> keep this thing moving here. Number four, not very realistic. They're saying the rising disaffiliation with limits scenario number two best illustrates what would happen if recent generational trends in the U.S. continue so now we should ask ourselves the question, is it hopeless? And the answer is, of course it's not. But what are we hoping for? Are we hoping that this will just go away so we don't have to listen to a call to prayer from a religion that is at its core not lovely <laughs> and beautiful? And filled with grace and mercy and loving kindness at its core? Does, does it bother us that we're just seeing America change religious stripes and that there will be big implications at election time? Or are we troubled that this represents fewer and fewer people in this country that are Christians? Is there hope? Of course there is. But it will not change in this country in any significant way. In fact, it will continue to devolve unless you and I go about the business of doing what we have been commanded to do from the get-go. And that is to be evangelists, to share the gospel, to be a people that are winsome, to be a people that the world looks at and asks, what is it about you that is so distinct? Why do you care for poor people? Why do you care for babies in the womb? What is it about you people that causes you to give so much of your money, adopt so many children, and be so nice all the time? That's what we're here for. That is our marching order. That is our mission. We are to be a peculiar people, a people of light in an increasingly dark world and religion that... It, personifies dark, well, any religion besides Christianity, but it most certainly is the oppressive religion of Islam. And so if you, for instance, don't like this because of how women will be treated, well, apparently it won't do any good to show up at a city council meeting. Let's do the very work that we can actually do. We're not going to be, we're not the majority now. True born-again Christians, we're not the majority now. If we want to see a cultural change, then we need to see a conversion rate change. And that means it is time for you and I to get busy. Not primarily for the sake of the nation, but for the sake of people and for the sake of God's glory. Not motivated yet? <laughs> This is Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, 
we can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. As 1 Timothy 6.12 tells us, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Let's be honest, fighting the good fight can sometimes feel like you're trying to, I don't know, juggle flaming swords while riding a unicycle. That hard. But fear not, friends. We have a solution to help us all stand firm in the gospel and reach millions around the world. We're calling on our faithful and, let's not be too humble, our pretty incredible supporters like you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched God. Partner. Together, we'll be a dynamic duo, kind of like Batman and Robin, but with fewer capes and more theology. By becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel Partner, you'll help us to continue creating amazing content like Wretched Radio and TV, Road Trip to Truth, Transformed, our website, our newsletter, and even the Wretched Store. So visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word Wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace, amazing gospel. Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles. And the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines. But they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Masters Academy International. Important dates in Christian history. 64 AD. After fire ravages Rome, Emperor Nero blames Christians and unleashes the first state-sanctioned persecution of Christians. Roman persecution would continue for 250 years until Emperor Constantine officially recognized and defended Christianity. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This guy's gonna make Bruce Jenner look like a bronze medalist. This is Wretched Radio 2015. Bruce Jenner decides, I want to wear women's clothing in public, and he is often given credit for ushering in a tidal wave of positive vibes toward the transgender community. And yet, there is somebody that your kids are probably watching who is going to have way more influence than Bruce Jenner could have ever imagined. About whom am I speaking? Mr. Beast. Familiar with his YouTube channel? He has 145 million subscribers. Some of his videos are viewed by hundreds of millions of eyeballs. This guy 
is a cultural influencer of the highest order, and his sidekick, Chris, has decided, like Bruce Jenner, I want to start wearing women's clothing, and we thought externals didn't matter. Well, apparently, uh, to this fellow, they do, and so he has decided, sorry, wife, sorry, son, your daddy is now a mommy. The man to whom you said, I do, now identifies as a girl, and this is going to have massive cultural influence. Why? Because your kids are watching Mr. Beast. My understanding is most of his stuff is innocuous, wholesome. He makes a fortune on the YouTube machine, and he spends a lot of money producing elaborate videos. Is he critiquing his new sidekick, his sidekick's decision to become a new woman? And the answer is no. Chris is still appearing in the videos, wearing women's clothing. Mr. Beast is affirming his decision to betray his wife and a child and operate under the delusion of what can only be identified as mental illness. Cripplegate just wrote a really helpful article. If you want to get an understanding of how much secular psychology has played into the transgender issue, well worth the read because the DSM-5 lays out the lowest bar criteria for identifying as somebody the opposite gender. Not happy with a particular body part, doesn't matter which one, that means you're transgender. You you think about, hmm, that would be nice to be able to do what is traditionally from a different gender's activities, outward apparel. You must be transgender, and they are scientifically supporting what historically has been understood to be mental illness. And so it is, Chris, the Mr. B sidekick, has mental illness, his wife and his child, devastated, no doubt, although I suspect, unfortunately, due to societal pressures, they'll be forced to affirm it. Oh, I'm so glad that he, I, she, Zed, Zip, sir, what's her name? His, <laughs> I'm really happy about it. The man to whom I said I do said, I'm changing, dear. I'm now going to be just like you. And the son will now have two mommies. What a disaster for that young family. Is anybody talking about her or the little boy? Of course not. We all have to sing from the same song sheet, and that is affirmation of mental illness, and Mr. Beast is leading the choir now, and your kids are watching it, your kids are downloading it, and they're going to see Chris in action, affirmed by the very popular Mr. Beast, and he is going to make Bruce Jenner look like an afterthought when it comes to a society that is now embracing mental illness. But alas, or a lad, not that genders matter anymore, Griffin. You're paying any attention to what's going on in social media, and mom and dad, you have to. Honestly, these days, giving your kid a cell phone with unfettered access to the internet, 97% of parents do just that, is akin to, it pales in comparison, but every illustration, it limps. This one certainly does. Imagine handing your 10, 12-year-old boy, or girl for that matter, a dirty magazine and saying, oh, but hey... We're a Christian family, so just read the wholesome articles and look at the nice ads and the advertisements that are in the magazine. 
you'd go, no parent in their right mind would do that. And yet we turn over our children to the internet without knowing what is going on. There's an app called Be Real. They are exposed to sexual content more than any other social networks, apparently, on even more than YouTube or elsewhere. It's called Be Real. Are you familiar with Be Real? Are you familiar with Mr. Beast? Uh, you, you gots to be, mom and dad, because they are indoctrinating our kids on the social media machine. Uh, don't believe that this is a culturally induced phenomenon? Interesting headline from the Christian Post. Gender dysphoria most common among teenage girls. Why? There's no difference between boys and girls. Why is it that 75% of the kids that are switching are female? Furthermore, simply to substantiate, I think, what is an obvious observation that kids are being told this is cool. You want to be popular like Mr. Beast's friend? Do you want to be unique at school? Do you want to be just like your pals? Maybe you're not popular, but you want to be. The overwhelming majority, 79% of kids who now identify as the opposite gender, white. Huh. Well, that's the kookiest thing. Ethnically mixed, 16%. So Asian is 2.8%. Indigenous, 0.8%. African-American, this is fascinating, 0.6%. Middle Eastern and Eastern India, 0.4%. And yet, white people suddenly think that they're a different gender? Whoa, how could that possibly be sociologically? How's about because it is society that is shaping our values and our kids' desire to be Really, really cool. And by the way, parents are feeling the pressure from National Review, parents' survey of rapid onset gender dysphoric kids. Rapid onset? Huh. It's so new, and yet we have it so medically described. Rapid onset. So they're tripping along. I think I want to be on the football team. No, I want a dolly. Change my mind. That's rapid onset gender dysphoric kids finds pre-existing mental health issues. That doesn't surprise us. And pressured parents. Hmm. Asked whether the youths were friends with others who come out as transgender around the same time. More than half said, yep. And especially females. In other words, there is peer pressure. There is a societal influence. And the cards are stacked against you, mom and dad. Mr. Beast alone is like a, it, it, it's like, well, I was going to say the military, but probably should have a qualifier these days, like the Russian or the Chinese military. <laughs> Did you read the statistic that only one in four kids of recruiting age, so like 18 to 30, is actually fit for military service and only 9% have any interest whatsoever. Hey, that's not going to be a problem. Mr. Beast, he's he's Genghis Khan. And whether he's aware of it or not, he's coming after your kids and they're being influenced by it. Many parents reported being pressured to transition their children. Asked whether they felt pressure from a gender clinic or specialist to transition their child there were 390 parents who answered this question. 52% said, yes, yes, I do feel that pressure. Cool.
57% of parents reported that their gender dysphoric children had pre-existing mental health issues, and yet it gets ignored. Why? Because there is a mad dash to undermine you, mom and dad. How do we view social media? Yes, it's a blessing. But if you've got children, their minds are currently being wired. I don't think the, uh, the human brain is fully developed until the age of 25. That means when your kids are exposed to Mr. Beast or any of these other messages, uh, that means that their brains are being hardwired to accept it. From the American mind, if Drag Story Hour is such a great tool to win hearts and minds to the cause of gender diversity, how come they restrict it to little kids? Huh, that's a good question. They ought to bring Drag Story Hour into prisons, homeless shelters, migrant settlement centers. The sort of kids whose parents drag them to Drag Story Hour are probably getting their fill of tolerance lessons and story time. Why not save this precious resource for the undeserved communities that need it? And the answer is because they want your children. From the American American mind, we all know why it's drag queens and why it's children. It's not so much that the regime is trying to groom children to become catamites. What they are after is the look of bewilderment on the kids' faces. They want to scramble the inner compass and inculcate disorientation. The confusion is the message. And so it is. There's one that's going to be... Jimmy? Yes. I think there's one that's happening right down the street from your house, by the way. Did you know that? I did. Yeah, in a public facility. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's uh, yep. that's so cool. And it's called family. It's a family fun fest. Oh. And it's pictures of guys dressed up as caric- ridiculous, demeaning caricatures of women. And that's happening in the state of Georgia. Why are they wanting the kids to come to these things? Why do they want your kids on social media, even though a lot of these social media experts don't allow their own kids on them? I think the handwriting is on the wall. They want your kids. And Mr. Beast is helping. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. We start with a story that's weird. I I don't really know how else to describe this, but several UN agencies have together released a report that suggests that consensual sex with minors should be decriminalized. Consensual sex with children should be decriminalized, according to the United Nations. I'm sure we can all sleep better at night knowing that they're tackling such pressing issues. And in the realm of the utterly absurd, well, not that that wasn't just utterly absurd, but this is as well, a plus-size influencer has taken up the noble cause of demanding that airlines provide larger flyers with as many free extra seats as they need to ensure their comfort. I just wish they'd start with more legroom, but come on, seriously, the true measure of civilization not whether airlines cater to everyone's personal comfort requirements. But hey, an A for effort, a pat on the back for addressing this monumental crisis in our country. UFC President Dana White, who's not known for holding back, has boldly proclaimed, quote, we don't do anything woke over here at all. So basically, the UFC keeping their focus on the fights and leaving the soapbox speeches to the rest of the world. But hey, as barbaric as it is, at least people know that they can go watch clean, wholesome, I wouldn't call it wholesome, but entertainment, that we'll call it that, entertainment, without a whole lot of social commentary. 
Well, in the ongoing saga of California's school system, a distraught mom is advocating for her school district to change its transgender policy after she discovered that her daughter was transitioned without her knowledge. And of course, you know, it wouldn't be a complete story without the voice of reason, which is where Squeaky St. Francis comes in. Basically, the mother was shouted down by a man in a dress who called himself Squeaky St. Francis. What a world, what a world. Meanwhile, on another school-related incident that leaves you questioning the state of our educational system, a trans teacher has been removed from a school for allegedly threatening to shoot students. You know, it's, it's getting to the point where it's almost nostalgic to think about the days when the most dangerous thing in the classroom was someone flicking boogers at you. And we wrap up with a couple of positive stories. A judge in Colorado has blocked a law that prevents pro-life clinics from saving babies from needless murder. The good news that there are still courts and judges out there that actually recognize the importance of preserving life. And also in Florida, 62% of Florida residents recently supported the heartbeat law that Governor DeSantis decided into law in the state which protects babies from being needlessly murdered. And that has been your Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. The gospel is present throughout all of Scripture, beginning with the book of Genesis. Immediately after the fall, God promises a Messiah who will crush the head of the serpent. Even in the Garden of Eden, God was preparing the means of our salvation through Jesus Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And speaking of Atlanta, Georgia, this is Wretched Radio. If you live in the northern suburbs of Atlanta and you would love to participate in the planting of a Bible-based church that moves people from brokenness to wholeness, and doesn't that describe all of us, would love for you to attend a preliminary meeting to discuss Planting a Bible-based church in the northern burbs of Atlanta, you can do that at dan at gospelpartnersmedia.org. Dan at gospelpartnersmedia.org. I don't want to bribe you, but there will be free food. That was a bribe, Todd. (laughs) Dan at gospelpartnersmedia.org. Jimmy, you want to know one more reason why we need another good church in the northern burbs? Why? There's a northern burb that used to have the highest concentration of KKK members. Uh Now is having family fun fest with transgender people, dancer things (laughs) in the little town of Cumming, Georgia. Did you know that used to be the home of the KKK in Georgia? I did not. And that's where I live. Oh, cool. Look at <laughs> look at how the times have changed. I'm not suggesting either one of those movements is remotely good. I'm just saying there's been a cultural shift, hasn't there? Where you have a public facility being resented for something they call family fun time or whatever they're calling the thing. It's got the word family and fun in it. And the pictures are men dressed as absolute demeaning caricatures of women. Bring the kids Because we're progressive. No, bring the kids because they want them. And frankly, they think that they should have them. USA Today, you know, I thought they were a newspaper and not a cultural indoctrinator. An article titled, now you're going to think, oh, well, this is good. 
This teacher is pro-parents. The headline is, as a parent, I sympathize with my students, moms and dads, not the politicians using them. And you think, oh, good. A teacher who's on the side of mom and dad who should be informed if their kid is acting confused about sexual and gender issues. Nah, not the case. After a pretty lengthy preamble saying, hey, as a parent, I really think parents are important. And then the article continues. Parents who do not wish for their children to be taught about diversity and encouraged to be tolerant are not acting in the best interests of their children, says the employee of the government that you fund with your tax dollars. You don't know what you're doing. I'm an educator. I do. I know what's best for your children. Quote, Parents at odds with their child's sexual orientation or gender identity and who express intolerance. Oh, oh, intolerance. Oh, we can't ever have any intolerance anywhere. So if, if you can just go work in any business that you want to and they'll tolerate you. You don't even need to get hired. Just go. They'll tolerate you. Go ahead. Just walk into the country club, the health club. Go ahead. Go, just go try to do business and never tolerate. If we just can't have any of that intolerance business, parents at odds and who are intolerant are harming their children. Oh, this might not always rise to the level of reportable child abuse, but it is abusive. And no educator who cares about kids should support it. I love the good teachers. Love them. Grateful for them. You provide such a sacrificial service for the well-being of our community. This type of educator, they are so far over the line, they do not have the first clue about what parental authority is and that they are to be serving the community, not usurping authority from parents. This is a staggering attitude. Let's continue with this particular article from USA Today. She's describing a dad. One of her students wanted her to read gay-affirming literature instead of the Grapes of Wrath. And she was concerned that the dad, who was a prison guard, you know, he could get violent. I didn't think the man had any right to interfere with his son's education in this way. Oh, you didn't think the parent had any right. But you have the right. Oh, you, you're the educator. Cultivating the curiosity of a student is not indoctrination. (laughs) Why? Well, because we just said so. Analyzing literature of any kind requires the kind of critical reasoning that arms students against indoctrination in all of its forms, political, religious, or cultural. Cool. Then why don't you have the kids read Pilgrim's Progress, second best-selling book of all time? Oh, I see, because that would be indoctrination. Teaching kids, this is, mm, love good teachers, this. mm, Teaching kids to think for themselves is our legal and moral obligation. And it ought to be the objective of every school. This is the fundamental problem. This is the attitude that pervades probably almost every single public school in the country at some level. There are some rural schools that are fending this off, but you can't imagine that it's going to last forever. This fundamental difference, we're the ones 
with the legal and the moral obligation to raise your kids by our standards, not yours, and you're abusive if you disagree. Presenting the world to our children in a manner that negates human diversity not only promotes ignorance, presenting the world in a way that excludes some of our children is abject cruelty. The obliteration of those children's identity. It's an atrocity of which I still or I will not be a part. Well, good for you to stick in with your moral values. I'd love it if you'd find another profession where you could simply mind your own beeswax. Not your job. This is mom and dad's territory. And you are invading their realm of jurisdiction. I don't think that you would like parents getting involved in your family's affairs. Why do you think, because you have the moniker educator, that you can get involved in our children's business? It is staggering. They are in a war. We might not know it, but they do. From USA Today, War on LGBTQ Existence. Eight ways the record onslaught of 650 bills targets the community. In this particular article, it uses militaristic language all over the place. We want to expunge the LGBTQ community. These specific bills in state legislators are war. It's clear that they're attacking our communities. They are attacks that clearly illustrate how emboldened anti-LGBTQ activists seem to feel. We've seen many attacks, and these are terrifying for many people. This is war against all people. A record number of hostile bills. Are you seeing what their attitude is about this particular subject? It's war to them. It's war to them. That they're in the crosshairs. These are political attacks. These bills are dangerous. Now, what bills are we talking about, by the way? Here are what they deem to be school policies that are, uh, are dangerous, that want parents notified that their kid is confused. That's war, baby. Here's another one. Outlawing, criminalizing, supportive school environments. Several states are weighing bills that would require schools to notify a parent. If their child uses a different name, this is war. How dare a parent know that their child is wildly confused? We're educators. Protecting educators who don't use correct pronouns. Oh, so these people who won't use the right pronouns, they're dangerous. Putting a bullseye on libraries. (laughs) Because we don't want pornographic books in our libraries that our kids have access to. That's war. Regulating drag shows. Well, there's another militaristic endeavor of you Christians. And then this headline from Salon. Anti-trans advocates keep contradicting each other. This is the inverse reality we live in. How do we know that trans hysteria is a moral panic because conservatives can't keep track of their own nonsense. They think we're insane. Somebody's got it right. Somebody's got it wrong. What do we need? We need an arbiter. We need a transcendent source to tell us who's right, who's wrong, who's insane, who isn't. And it ain't the DSM-5. We, we need a book that people say, yep, there's the one who gets to write the rules. So if we are 
weary from what is being promoted in schools, I'm sorry. I will ring this bell. I hope to my dying day. We need to share the gospel with teachers, educators, union leaders, parents in our community. Because until more people submit to the authority of the word of God, this, this battle, it's, it's, it will be lost soon if it hasn't been already. In other words, these cultural skirmishes that we see, these educational battles in local school districts, they are exactly what the Bible says. These are spiritual battles. This is not flesh and blood battle. This is not even an institutional battle per se. This is a battle for the souls of men, women, boys, and girls. The only question is, will we engage in that battle? This is Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. All right, listen up, parents and married couples. We know better than anyone that there can be times of uneasiness in our homes. Well, if you're ready to revitalize and make a transformation in your family life, then I want to point you in the direction of Wretched.org for a new deal so good, you're going to think it came straight down from heaven. I'm talking about the Joy in the Home Bundle. In the bundle, you're going to find the Drive-By Marriage Audio Series, the Drive-By Marriage Study Guide, the Drive-By Parenting Audio Series, and study guide and last but certainly not least reset for parents now understand this isn't a magical potion that's going to make everyone in your home behave but it's the next best thing so what are you waiting for hurry up head over to wretched.org right now and jump on the path that's going to help you bring joy back into your home don't miss out it's wretched.org it's the joy in the home bundle on sale right now trust me you'll be thanking us later Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds. 
at preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called a curse for us. When Adam sinned, all creation came under a curse, and everyone who breaks God's law is cursed. But Jesus bore our curse on the cross so that we may receive the blessings of God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Job security. We have job security. The thrill of victory. And the agony of defeat. Spanning idea at wretched.org to bring you the constant variety of the stuff that you send in that doesn't assemble well into a coherent theme, but they're too good to simply send to the trash. So what do we do? We assemble them together, slap some theme music on it, and call it Wide World of... What are we calling this thing? Wide World of Christian Stuff. Jimmy, good news. You and I have serious job security. It turns out American IQs are dropping, but according to this article from fatherly.com, that's actually a good thing. Oh. So you and I yeah. are set, Daddy-O. Since when has any civilization in human history said, yes, having people be really dumb is better for all of us? No, not one. Until, of course, 21st century woke America enters the scene of human history and announces American IQs, they're dropping. But that's really a good thing. Do I want to know why? No. No, I don't. But that's what they think. They come up with a way to identify, hey, what we have wrought is really rotten. So what we'll do, rather than citing the obvious that it's bad that kids no longer learn the way they used to, we'll just say that's actually a good thing. Whew. Then we can get away with headlines like this. Woke educators release letter declaring objective math a form of white supremacy. No. Does this have anything to do with scores going down? No, new math, not a problem. Getting rid of drill and kill, it has nothing to do with kids getting smarter. Besides, it's good that they're not smart anymore. Huh? Huh? Here's the article. A letter just released from a group of, you guessed it, educators want a transformation of math education that focuses on dismantling white supremacy in math classrooms. Woof. Who knew? that math was toxic, filled with white supremacy. There's calls to identify and challenge the ways that math is used to uphold capitalist, imperialistic, and racist views. Okie dokie then. Math is now imperialistic and capitalistic, providing learning opportunities that use math as resistance and encourage them to disrupt the disproportionate push out of people of color in STEM fields. So somehow... Math, learning formulas, memorizing tables, that keeps black people out of advanced fields. Wow. Wow. Look, I'm not a racism expert, but this sure smells like racism to me. 
basically stating an entire ethnic group does not have the ability to learn math. So dismantle it so that they can be in the fields that they don't have the ability, apparently, to, to accomplish and actually understand. This is all making perfect sense. Sergiu Kleinerman, he's a Princeton math professor who grew up in communist Romania, stated, When it comes to education, I believe the whole woke ideology is even more harmful than old-fashioned communism. Me thinks he might be right. Columbia University English professor John McWhorter chimed in. I think he nailed it. This lovely pamphlet, that's sarcasm, is teaching us that it is racist to expect black kids to master the precision of math. To wit, its message penned by people who consider themselves some of the most morally advanced souls in the history of the human species is one that Strom Thurmond would have happily taken a swig of whiskey to. Yep. In the meantime, Great Britain is doing away with authors. They're so far right. They're extremists. C.S. Lewis, Tolkien. Actually, I was, I was watching some British show. Tolkien, I think is how they pronounced it. Tolkien. Ah, ah. George Orwell. They're far-right extremist authors. Joseph Conrad, Aldous Huxley, Thomas Hobbes, John Locke, Edmund Burke, and of course, that far-right capitalist William Shakespeare banned because they could be bad for peace. Some of these books helped form Western civilization. They influenced it, most certainly, but we're just going to get rid of those little books because they actually have an opinion that differs from our, and we're educators, we know better. Um, the world that we are living in not only somehow finds a way to say that evil is good, that being uneducated is really a benefit, that math is racist, they love death. Did you read about the new virtual reality death simulator? Who would want to do... Let's users see what happens to them after they die. Well, unless it involves judgment and they immediately go to heaven or to hell, then their simulator is wrong. But why would somebody want this? It makes you feel like you're dying. Is that I don't I don't understand haunted houses, so I'm not going to get a death simulator. But it just reveals how dark the mind of the unregenerate is. Speaking of which, the National Review reporting Dutch euthanasia deaths soar. The mentally ill are also being killed. Euthanasia killings rose by 14% last year. 5.1% of all deaths in the Netherlands are at the hands of medical professionals who swore to do no harm. We're going to have to write that pretty soon. That's got to be changed. We got to... We, Mark my words, 115 mentally ill people were euthanized in the Netherlands. 379 elderly couples received joint euthanasia. Look, I get it. The thought of outliving my spouse, not a happy idea. But does that then somehow warrant ending both lives simultaneously? No, you... you God, if you're still breathing, God has something for you to do. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be breathing. You say, but it hurts. I know. But he still has work for you to do. You say, I can't do work. I'm debilitated. I say you can pray. I say you can do acts of kindness. 
I say that you could still witness to people who somehow show up at your door, that you engage with on the telephone, on social media. Maybe it's to your caregiver. But you can be assured if you're breathing, it is because God wants you here. He'll determine when the end comes. That's his role. It's his job. Unless, of course, you live in the Netherlands. 288 people with dementia were euthanized. How is that godless worldview working out for you? Oh, look, syphilis cases at highest levels in 70 years. Cool. Do you know how many cases of STDs there were in the last year? 2.53 million cases of chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. Centers of disease control. How's your worldview working out for you? And what do they do? Well, they just invert it. Oh, it's actually, I'm surprised the headline isn't, more people get STDs. But that's not a bad thing. Oh, okay. Well, if you, if you say so, that's fine by me. Here's an interesting graph that you can't see because this is radio. People who are religious are less likely to be depressed and commit suicide. So the states with that we notoriously know are less Christianized, less religious. States like Oregon, California, Massachusetts, New York, guess what? More depression, deaths of despair. Because it's bleak. There's nothing transcendent about it. Then you and people just oh, wait a second, you're telling me that. Not getting my GED somehow is a good thing when I can't get a job, when I don't have the ability to balance a checkbook. They just know that something is wrong here. And speaking of wrong here, let's go to Disney. <laughs> Apparently, people still go to the place. It's the movies that are suffering. They've green-lighted. Ooh, this is going to be good. It's a German flick. It was originally a book about a teenager who becomes pregnant by the devil. That's right. So Disney making movies that would make Walt absolutely spin in his grave like a lathe. It's called uh, Lucas. Lucas, who as it turns out, no, sorry, Lucas is the devil himself having a one night stand with a teenager. That sounds as family friendly as that festival that's going on right next to your house, Jimmy. Yes, it does. You going to go to that bad boy, by uh, the way? No, no. Somebody somebody sent me an email and they said they they went to one of those and the librarians came out. They were just passing out gospel literature and the, the librarians came out and said, you got to go. And they said, well, we're not breaking any laws. This is public and, and we can be here. So they called the police and the police said, no, you can actually be here. But they're wondering, who, what do we do if we go to one of these? And they've kind of done a little research and upped their game. Always be polite. Always be loving. Remember, your mission is not to be angry at people who are doing wicked things to children. It is to rescue those who are staggering to the slaughter and to reach these people. Their minds, they're so darkened. They need to be illuminated by the gospel. So be respectful. Do what you're told by the police. And if you wish to follow up with it, you can still do that through the judicial system. <laughs> as long as we still have one. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>